0: And welcome to a bonus episode of Middle of the Row the Podcast. This movie we'll be discussing is uh Paul Schrader's First Reformed, which first debuted at Toronto in 2017. It came out
1: Shout out to the Six. <laughs> uh,
0: it came out here it got a release by A24 in uh, May of 2018. It came out on video. couple months ago so you might be asking why the fuck are you reviewing this movie (laughs) partially because i think it's a movie that has a lot to talk about and also i think this might be like a perfect movie for zach and john to have a conversation about things that we have both shown interest in over the years year year ish of this podcast it's just me and john on this pod and that's not has. That has nothing to do with Ben or Lauren not having great opinions about things. It just has more to do with John and I being long-winded windbags about certain subjects. So we're (laughs) going to talk about, do that here. So John has, uh, he is a a religious man. I am not. Uh, This movie takes place, uh, is centered around a priest played by Ethan Hawke. Who d- hopefully gets nominated for an Oscar next weekend, and this does make this podcast somewhat relevant? He didn't. Uh, you would just quick. You'd agree he's fantastic in this movie.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I.
0: Ethan Hawke is one of those actors that I'm not sure. All right, we're ending. We're we're kicking you off the podcast. Ethan Hawke's a legend. <laughs> no.
1: But I like the only thing. The only frame of reference that I have, and I know mm. I should have seen Boyhood. and I know I should have seen like some other things well i guess i've seen training day now i can say i've seen training day but like the most prominent thing i guess i could say i've seen him in was dead poet society when he was (laughs) like what 17 years old so i feel a lot of catching up to do no for sure um but yeah, oh, he's phenomenal in this. Start
0: with the before before trilogy. Oh yeah, I yeah, that's another one I know I need to see. He seems like someone you could very easily talk to in this movie. I think he makes a yeah. great reverend. He's a reverend, correct? Not a priest. Yeah.
1: Well, it's unclear. I think it's they call him reverend. It's unclear
0: if he was a priest. It's he un- couldn't have been married and had a kid and everything.
1: Well, I mean, it depends. It depends. Like okay. if it was, if it was, if it was Catholic. Excuse me. Then it wasn't. Yeah. And it obviously isn't yeah. Catholic. But if it was Episcopal, then he could have, okay. like, it's just, it's very unclear okay. kind of what denomination or flavor of Christianity he's part of, mm-hmm. I guess.
0: So there's the praise for Ethan Hawke. We're going to, I think we'll probably dive more into the religiosity and the conflict that's brought up in the movie. And the, the, the I was, we, I sidetracked us. The movie is centered around this reverend who, when the movie opens, is very much already in a crisis of faith himself and is in depression and uh, we we learn pretty quickly is also probably pretty sick and um he one of his the, the husband of one of his um worshipper what what would you call a person that goes to church <laughs> give me a still still parishioner okay yeah um he is obsessed with climate change and is just very doom and gloomy and is the the conflict revolves around he wants him and his wife to abort their uh, child uh, because he thinks it would be awful to um, bring a child into a world that is slowly being destroyed. And uh, Ethan Hawke's Reverend Toller kind of takes up the takes on the flame of that as well. I guess we're on spoilers after that character actually commits suicide which is an interesting discussion all of it itself it should also be noted that that guy is not a religious person though he seems fairly knowledgeable of some religious text which i think is interesting but i would like to hear from john though about how he felt the movie represents faith in general and um yeah let's just start there and go from there
1: well first of all i think it's important to note i think this this movie is this movie is great asterisk because <laughs> it's like it's very mo- or at least here's what I'll say it's I think this movie is the type of movie that I would is very geared towards me mm-hmm. in a lot of ways but I'm not sure if I would ne- necessarily recommend it to the everyday person I think I would for anyone who does ascribe to some sort of higher worldview or belief system especially within the judeo-christian tradition i would recommend it um and mm-hmm. it's interesting because i think i always love kind of faith-based characters who still maintain a sense of worldliness so it's it's pretty apparent that um ethan i almost said hunt <laughs> ethan hawk's character
0: that'd be merged. a really different movie yeah
1: <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> Ernst Toller? First of all, his name is Ernst. Like, what kind of? Uh. But I, he's, he's kind of. The movie puts him in contrast with a bigger kind of mega church and a pastor whom mm-hmm. he respects and has kind of a professional relationship with, but that's partly also guided by the fact that um the church is like, has bought that church, e- the big mega church has bought Ethan's church. Yeah, the First Reformed. To, to like almost keep it going um not necessarily because it respects it or anything like that but just out of since it's like one of the oldest churches in the country it just yeah it's like a
0: feather in its cap more than yeah yeah.
1: and you can see from the from the beginning like ethan's congregation is is bare bones it's Mm -hmm. like maybe seven people
0: and you also get pretty quickly that he's not on the same page as uh teachings wise as the mega churches he's he seems he seems much more focused on Jesus's teachings and the simplicity behind it than he he definitely has his doubts about some of the the bigger elements of the mega church.
1: Well, I think but I think that's more in terms of praxis not maybe necessarily doctrine mm-hmm. and in in speci- specifically in regards to sort of like the style of there's that one point where you see the sermon played by Cedric, the entertainer of all people, um, St. Louis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, him preaching, but he's not preaching to his congregation. Mm-hmm. It's being recorded almost for like a television broadcast yeah. or a webcast or that kind of thing. And he mentions, I forget. Ethan mentions a comment where it seems, or maybe Amanda Bynes, his character, um, mentions a comment Amanda about Seyfried, not Amanda Seyfried's Bynes. excuse me, Amanda Bynes. That would also be a completely different movie. <laughs> um, she mentions a comment about how her husband does not want to go to that church to seek some help because he finds it too commercial. Mm-hmm. Which Ethan says something uh, kind of like sympathetic yeah. to that uh, to that point or whatever. Well, I
0: think at the beginning, before he gets radicalized himself, but I, I would call it he becomes radicalized, especially by the last ten minutes. I think the more he gets into the more he becomes more at a disagreement with the mega church as he. Dives deeper and deeper into the climate change stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. At the beginning, he's not he's not like against it or anything, um, but he's also. I think that the beginning of the movie does a really great job of showing how someone like he's he's admitting he can't even pray anymore. He's so distraught with his connection to the church and uh, God.
1: Well, and we we should mention due to the fact yeah, that yeah he so has he very about, valid
0: reasons I, to have that doubt. I would say you maybe you disagree.
1: No, I hundred yeah. percent. Well, and I think this. I didn't say but, what
0: they were. They why he's.
1: So he talks about how when he's talking to um one friends. What's her character's name again? I forgot. I can look it up. I have it here. Um, when he's talking to her husband for Mary. the first time. Oh, that's Mary. not subtle. <laughs> he talks about how he was a military chaplain because Mm -hmm. his dad was in the military and it was kind of this tradition for men in his family to go uh, join the armed forces and so since he was a chaplain he decided to be a military chaplain and when Mm -hmm. his son became of age he encouraged the same of his son and his son went away and then died yeah he blames
0: himself for his son's uh death and and, also and destroyed destroyed his wife, his marriage. yeah, yeah,
1: leaving him, and so I think it's I think it's interesting because he's clearly going through a lot of personal conflict in the background, and then he's got this crisis of um, connection with this person that he is called to counsel, and it all seems very real because at the same time I don't I don't feel like he necessarily challenges his faith because he's always. I feel like he's always processing and he never Yeah, he's trying to reconnect. Outrights. He's trying yeah. to
0: use this journal. There's a device of him making entries in the journal and um like one of the first things he says about this journal is that it is a form of prayer, like almost willing yeah. it into being a way for him to reconnect to God. But I find it really interesting that he feels the most alive and connected to that conversation once he becomes he starts getting into this climate change stuff uh like he mentions the first conversation he has with this guy is like exhilarating he's like never he he hasn't felt this alive in years
1: well and he talks about it in in the context of and to kind of show how he still he still maintains this this connection to his faith he talks about Mm -hmm. in terms of the story of jacob wrestling the angel Mm -hmm. and he talks about that kind of that conversation with uh, mary's husband in terms of that kind of intellectually but also like philosophically challenging and morally challenging in that sense yeah i just Um,
0: think the whole script is just so well done that it it has this such a respectful conversation on both ends of the spectrum it like it takes the seriousness and the direness and the fucking terrifyingness of climate change it entirely it, it doesn't disrespect that at all and i think the way that it i think it challenges how these established the, these elements that are driving a lot of our the, like the big church and the right-winging nature of that it kind of gets tied into sometimes it doesn't it doesn't throw it aside in fact actually it, it has one quick scene where he's at a what, what, what would you. Is that like a Bible study? What would you call that scene where the where he's with the kids and the one kid like throws off like the. the He's like complaining that people like Muslims and stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It, I, it's some
1: sort of spiritual discussion. Yeah. And at first I thought it was like it had to have been like an anonymous group yeah. or something like that. But no, that. I just think it was but, these
0: kids talking. And he gets yeah. very pissed off about it. He's. It cuts out of that real quickly and has him venting about how lost these kids are because they're because they're he he tends to would you agree that he tends to come back to they're all getting away from the simplicity of jesus's teaching well and uh, i think also the because he thinks jesus would be on his side and like why aren't we doing more to help save this world that we've been given kind of thing
1: exactly but additionally i think it's also this rejection of a sense of radicalism to the point where you can't have a conversation so he talks about yes, and i think one of the first exactly. shots yep. within this um within the movie is a shot of some of the books that he's also reading and he also talks about how he's been reading thomas merton mm-hmm. and that's one of the well that's one of the authors that's shown on the books and he's brought and up merton again famous... later as
0: well correct the merton yeah. yeah
1: and thomas martin was a famous uh Uh, christian or a specific was he catholic i forget if he was catholic or not but he was he was a monk and he was a christian monk um who really yeah okay it does say he was uh, roman catholic but was known for his like more almost like mystical teachings sort of or reflections on christian spirituality but also within the context of being able to have conversations with people of other spiritual uh beliefs whether it's buddhist or Mm -hmm. hindu or that kind of thing um and so i think it's interesting because uh, that 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 sentiment that he shows of or this not disdain but this frustration with like a generation that is getting so passionate to the point of like excluding or diminishing a different side he's just like why like that seems so antithetical to our belief system yeah. like why can they not see that kind of hypocrisy and that kind of feeling also starts to lead him down the line of becoming radicalized environmentally especially mm-hmm. when he sees how uh, a lot of these industrial companies are sponsoring the yeah. other megachurch Churches and, and
0: like... their, their so-called environmental program like their their faux environmental positivity you know um yeah, yeah. It very much feels like probably Schrader's voice, too. Like, he's just kind of... He uses this film as a chance for him to kind of... Because the interesting thing is the megachurch guy, subject to the entertainer, he, he, he pushes back to the Merton team. Like, he doesn't like that. You can tell yeah. he's kind of annoyed. He doesn't appreciate that. Um, and at this point, he's also ready to get Toller out of the church. This is it, it, He's using it as a reason for him to basically politely move aside after this reconsecration of the church but um I, but I think I don't know I don't mean I don't' I'm not, I'm not trying to say where you fall religiously but I I thought it was a respectful representation of someone who could have a lot of problems with the thing that toller has problems with and I don't know do, do you agree that they yeah it for sure well? well yeah and
1: I think one of the one of the key aspects of that is having conversation with or having exposition using the language that someone from that background would mm-hmm. so like whether he's close uh there's there's one of the most interesting cinematically and aesthetically parts about this movie are the shots that just kind of they're just shots showing taller doing something but then there's an overlay or a voiceover mm-hmm. of him reflecting um and usually it's quoting scripture mm-hmm. and so there's there's one which is um There's there's several words just yeah him quoting straight scripture whether it's from like one of the gospels or even like revelation which maybe kind of hints towards his feelings about
0: environmentalism like later on Mm -hmm. towards the end of the film but well it's just yeah his rationalizing of it's I think that it's not very explicit in that but how he they do layer in the scripture of like how he's going to rationalize killing other people as being a positive thing, which is not something, I mean, that happens in religion, all religions all the time throughout history. People find a way to use holy text and words to uh, validify their their murder and killing of other people. But I think this film actually, it does a, the script does a great job of having him do, it, it does it subtly and it's not blatant and i i don't know i i i was just really respecting the script and not just its dialogue but also in just the way it framed everything like this the shots and everything i i think it's a beautiful film to watch as well even though it's a very static film to watch the the camera only moves on two occasions and one is i guess i would like to talk about that a little bit is the um the magical mystery tour sequence which oh yeah i almost oh gosh i almost forgot that that happened <laughs> which <laughs> is way out there and there's not much to it other than just kind of showing toller's i think it sets up the ending a little bit which is a whole nother conversation as well yeah. but um it's more just showing his mindset and how he can't get past you know it starts off blissful and it just ends with him seeing all the awful things that are happening to the planet, but yeah. there's not. I, I don't know. It's if you would call it spiritual. Um...
1: Well, I think there's almost a because that's almost like the turning point, mm-hmm. right? From yes. when he kind of commits to sort of like this is, like this is the mentality in terms of, or this is the priority that I have on my mind from now on in terms mm-hmm. of this environmental action. Um, it's almost, I guess, the thing I would maybe compare it to would be like sort of when you talk about uh, a capstone moment within a spiritual leaders or a spiritual figures journey or life or servanthood or uh, ministry i think about jesus and the transfiguration went up to a mountain glowed was in the presence of like the fourth the judeo forefathers and that kind of thing so i don't know it almost takes on that kind of like okay here's a momentous moment that can almost not be explained like it talks about in scripture how when the transfiguration happened the disciples were like scared shitless I'm like what the fuck is going on and it's almost like that this moment comes out of nowhere and when it starts to happen you feel like it's going to take almost a sexual edge or a sensual mm-hmm. tone but really, it's it's not. It's them connecting on a level beyond the sensual and mm-hmm. sexual. Although, arguably, maybe it spurs, yeah, it spurs I mean, up those if feelings. If the in ending the end. is
0: real, then it, it. I think yes, it is. It builds. It, it builds the relationship. But like you said, it's it's not. The scene is not sensual or sexual at all. Um, Exactly. Yeah.
1: But then, like, once it started to change, once they started to float, I was like, okay, what? (laughs) Because I didn't, I, because this movie took on an aesthetic of just like short, stoic shots, Mm -hmm. overlays, voiceovers. Like, it was very, it was just a very personal and intimate look at a character, which I, which I really resonated with, especially since it was a character that I already felt some connection to. And then it did this thing, and I'm like, okay, this is
0: cool, maybe, like, or or maybe not. Like, it was just very, it was very jarring. The first time I watched it, it that's where I, like, I jumped from like a B plus to a, a solid A minus A on this on my second watch. But the last twenty minutes of the movie is very jarring compared to the rest of it. Yeah, and it's also interesting in that the he pulls the rug out from under you at the end because, at the point where he's telling Mary not to come to the thing. The reconsecration, you know, he like, oh shit, he's gonna do this, <laughs> yeah. And then you're all the tension is built up for that happening, and then it doesn't in the end. But Schrader has talked about he doesn't know he doesn't know how to interpret the ending. Like, if Toller's dead, if he drinks the Drano, this is his last thought. Is it something? Is it a miracle? He used the word miracle in an interview I heard where Mary saves everybody and. God somehow gets Mary into the house because the door was locked. Cedric couldn't get in, but she gets in somehow. Oh, that's interesting. I never even. And put it's also that like together. the lighting apparently is different. Like it's all it's the brightest scene in the whole movie. That scene. Yeah, I don't know. take that info for what you will, and tell me what you thought about the ending. Did you? Well, I
1: well, it makes me want to go back and kind of rewatch it mm-hmm. then just to interpret that. I do have to pull a Lauren real quick and say if a creator says that, oh, I don't know how to interpret my own creation, bullshit. Like that <laughs> seems like a, seems like a cheap and lazy card. Um I don't know. I think it just again, all all of this movie just seemed so moody and aesthetic and I was digging it for sure and digging the sort of like watching this character meditate on this issue. And then it, and then it took this toll, and it's just like, oh, this is happening, okay. And I think I don't know. It was I think what was interesting is that, it, it emphasized like the need for human connection, mm-hmm. I guess. Again, yes, and sort of like that's the thing that can sort of bring us back to the edge or bring us back from radicalism, also, because in his sense, he hasn't abandoned religion. Mm-mm. He's in. If anything, religion has, like you said, justified. His conviction in what he's going to do but then it's but then it's almost when he sees mary it's this recognition that like oh like what was this for like and or maybe maybe it wasn't that deep or
0: comprehensive and it was just like oh i
1: don't want to
0: yeah you know like well if if it's all gonna go to hell we might as well love each other along the way you know like find that companionship find that and i think the first time i watched the movie i felt it didn't earn this Romance between the two of them, if that's what it was, um, especially since he's so cold hearted to Esther, who, yeah, I'm sorry, I would, I don't like her. She turned me off a lot. Like she was overbearing, but man, what a vicious scene that was, though, by the way, when he's like on the stairs where he tells her he despises, her, you know, oh,
1: well, well and I, like
0: roughest moment,
1: <laughs> you know, for sure. But I think, again, that's also an indication of his rat how far his radicalism has t- mm-hmm. taken him because the the when they have the interaction before, when she's like checking up on him and that kind of thing it it doesn't feel like clearly he's going through something for sure, but it doesn't feel like he holds any kind of ill will towards esther uh, like, well, watching I, it
0: a second time, knowing where he goes with her I, I i all the scenes feel like he is just being so polite. To this person, he just, like, cannot stand.
1: (laughs) I I get polite, and maybe I get the sense of regret of a of an action but i think yeah, i i'm not sure if there's a distinction or i feel like there's a distinction between like regretting so the affair that they had or not mm-hmm. I, I guess he, i'm not sure it may, no affair, i think they but, slept like, together
0: once yeah i mean she talks but, about their sinful act or whatever
1: but like within in the sense of like they weren't married like mm-hmm. out of the con like he had left his wife or his, or his wife, wife yeah him, right? yeah he so, didn't cheat on
0: anybody it was yeah
1: you know. and i think he just talks about that when the context of like like i i don't respect myself and he talks about like that's the kind of thing where that has nothing to do with the person right like Mm -hmm. that's not esther's fault that's his perception or his interpretation of that entire but that's what he says
0: the first time and then when she keeps coming back he's just like no fuck you get out of here i'm sick of." well
1: because he said he says that she reminds him of that worst part of himself though right Mm -hmm. and So it's, again, it's, I feel like that's a great indication of where his radicalism has taken him in terms of, again, forgetting the need for human connection and forgetting, like, this woman has just been trying to, like, maybe, yeah, there's some romantic feelings there or whatever. But for all intents and purposes, she's also, like, it's not just, like, hey, like, I love you so much, we should be together. It's like, hey, I'm worried about you and I care for you so much. Because I I see you struggling and that kind of thing. So I oh, don't know.
0: I didn't like her. She was too much. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't necessarily feel like he was completely on that train. Yeah. Maybe. I do think. Um. One thing I want to say also is that I feel like, and maybe this is, a weird thing to appreciate, but I I do like it when, you can have a movie with overt religious themes that reflects on. The human experience so relatably as well not just for religious people or people of faith but also for anyone so like one of the most powerful moments i i or quotes even that i saw from the beginning was when he's having the conversation with michael mary's husband Mm -hmm. and he's talking about his history he's talking about his past with his son dying in iraq and then his wife leaving him and he talks about in response to michael's thing of wanting to uh or his feeling of despair, he says, with bringing a child into the world mm-hmm. that's ridden with climate change and that seems hopeless. And he says, now my God can promise you that whatever despair you feel about bringing a child into this world cannot equal the despair of taking a child from it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, what a human statement that someone of faith can make about not just some
0: lofty, like, idea.
1: He's speaking from experience. He defends
0: the life without being like, well, you can't get an abortion, you know, like, yeah, it, and that's where I think it goes to how respectful it is towards, it makes a great argument from the religious side on a lot of things without being, taking the extremism of that douchey kid in the, that hates Muslims in the middle of the movie, you know, and I'm, I'm someone like, I am not as doom and gloomy, I would never kill myself over climate change, but I'm with him. Like, I, I I, have, I mean, my wife and I might end up having children at some point. But if we don't, I think that's a great reason not to have one, to be honest with you, is like, what are you going to put them? And part of me uses my science brain, too, and be like, you know, like he's saying in 30 years, you know what the world's going to be like? And it's like, at the same time, it's like, in 30 years, we maybe we don't know what technical and evolutions we might make. And maybe we can save it. You have to have that optimistic side, too. But, yeah, I mean, that's something I, I think I really connected with this movie and the conversation it's having because of that side of, of like, yeah, people should be thinking about this more before they have a children. And I know that's fucking depressing as hell, but if you're not thinking about that, you know, what are you doing? It's a real threat and something you should worry about. And I I think this movie does a great job. Of tackling both sides of that conversation
1: for sure and like you said it's it's very respectful and just aesthetically it immerses i feel like the viewer into the spirituality of taller without again while making it relatable and not making it feel distant so like there's there's aspects of like um again when you're listening to his voiceovers and stuff like there's just these one-off lines that when they come off i'm just like man that's full of like some such deep wisdom that's not overbearing and has like something almost anyone can take from it so like um or or just just beautiful in nature in terms of painting the picture and creating the tone that schrader wanted so there's i'm just i mean i'm just looking at wikipedia and there's all of these like discernment intersects with christian life at every moment discernment listening and waiting for god's wish what action must be taken And there's just like there's a weight weightiness of that, of like the wisdom in those words or even. okay, the next one, the desire to pray itself is a type of prayer. How often we ask for genuine experience when all we really want is emotion. Like, oh, my God. Like, again, (laughs) it's someone it's someone talking from a position of faith and like authority and teaching and uh, like analysis of faith and talking from their human experience to like edify or uplift people. Who seem like it has to be like one way or the other. Too often I think people of faith which I think Schrader kinda addresses overall with this film have to subscribe to like either one point of view at like the at one end of things where they're absolutely like always like hyped about everything and super excited, or at the other side where they have to be like people at the corner preaching like like death and apocalyptic like consequences and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think And this is go ahead this is a picture of someone just saying why can't we exist in a frustrating in between where we still don't know anything yeah and where
0: we're still struggling the 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 movie's willingness to have this nuanced hard conversation is so aspirational like why can't we talk to each other like this and when we have problems or disagree or on other sides of the coin you know
1: well, and it's in- it's interesting too because I think me and my me and my friend, uh, Andrew Sestola, who I think when I when I watch this movie, like a lot of times when I watch movies, I think of like people who I think would like this or people who th- would like immediately relate to this, mm-hmm. and I I thought he was the one immediately that I thought of. He uh he was he had this way of looking at his faith. He he became a Christian in high school, but he had this way that was like very analytical and very philosophical, and so a lot of these meditations that ernst has i'm like oh that's something andrew would like totally dig or love the way like we were having this conversation sorry about how it seems like all of our friends who were also like would have identified as like evangelical teenagers in high school like midwestern evangelicals like what seems has happened is either half of them aren't don't identify as christian anymore or the other half still do Mm -hmm. but politically and like societally we all kind of fall on the same lines like so when it comes to talking about issues about climate change or income inequality or all all those kinds of issues we we all lean more towards um i guess you could say a left interpretation of Mm -hmm. it because we see it as at least for those of us who still identify a natural, like extension from the beliefs and values that we held as teenagers, even though maybe at the time we would have said we believed differently. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's interesting because I think this film is a perfect representation of that. It's someone struggling with, this is my faith, which I'm, which is frustrating me and I, I feel in turmoil over it, but I still care deeply about it.
0: Yeah. It's, 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 it's a great conversation of, how lost people can get in their faith when other people are trying to take it other directions you know he's not his own thing obviously other people have felt his way but he's a great example to follow of you know you can still be faithful and have difference of opinions from the greater whatever I definitely agree do you have any final thoughts on First Reform that you need to get out?
1: There's a great quote uh, that Cedric the Entertainer's character gives to Ethan Hawke's character, which kind of describes the direction of the film and the thing that, I guess, the thing it's addressing. Uh, he says, in reaction to Ernst's frustration with these kids who seem so intolerant. Uh, Global warming, a sea of pornography, hyper-violent video games. It's a world without privacy. Each each kid isolated, communicating on media. It's a world without hope. These kids, they want certainty. You know, don't think, follow. But they fall prey to extremism. And, like, what a beautiful quote that foreshadows kind of the ending as well. Um, So, yeah. Beautiful film. Kind of wacky at times. (laughs) Um i would definitely i again i would recommend it to like a target group but i think everyone should probably watch it just because like you said it's a it's a perspective that I mean, we haven't that, seen that, before I mean,
0: no no movie has been so forward about climate change that i can think of uh, it's worth watching just for that angle and i think there's a lot of uh interesting no, conversation sure. to come out of it beyond that so yeah jesus is just all right with me john <laughs> let's uh wrap it up then and uh usually when we do these bonus episodes we don't even really sign off but tell people where they can find you on the internet uh you can find me
1: on twitter at another Rahul j also be sure to follow our website on twitter when you'll get updates on when we post rating content or when we post episodes whether they're normal middle of the row podcast episodes or one-offs like these and that's at
0: middle of row hashtag no thug. i'm zach goldenberg find me at zach goldenberg uh, remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road.